At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 561st episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who helps her community find a healthy balance. We're talking with Frances Parsons about farming, fitness, and finance. Frances had a cosmetology license while being a flight attendant with a major airline. Her life was great. She traveled the world doing hair. Then she went to Australia to be with her brother who was dying of cancer during his final months and learned that food could keep you alive or could kill you. Changing his diet extended his life a little, and her crusade began to learn about healthy food. She moved to Arizona to open a hair salon and chatted with her clients about the importance of eating healthy. Then she began growing her own food in her backyard and selling it to her neighbors. Connecting the dots of her farming with physical and financial health pushed her to start a nonprofit with a couple of friends to teach people in her community how they can grow their own healthy food, be fit, and get financially smart. Welcome to the show today, Francis. Are you ready to rock? I am. I am. Excellent. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate this honor. Uh, yeah, my my journey is, the way you made it seem, it, I, I didn't think it was as interesting as, as the way you just put it all together. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Well, that's what but, uh, we love to do here is tell story, tell people's interesting stories, and it sounds like you have a fascinating one. You know, I did. I'm from St. Louis, born but raised in Wisconsin, and, you know, back home with eating, my, my grandfather was a farmer, you know, but I was so young, I didn't really get to really, you know, take that in, take that into what, what you know, he was trying to do for our family. Mm-hmm. And so, um, for whatever reason, my arthritis, you know, as I was young, I grew up and I've had horrible arthritis and not knowing or putting the dots together with food could affect, you know, the way you feel. And so, um, just like you said, I went to Australia. I was with my brother for a while and, and just being with him and his experience with, uh, you know, liver cancer and everything, never drank or smoked, but, um, but it was the food that he ate, mm-hmm. you know, the sugars, you know, just, just knowing what your body eating for your blood. You know, I, I say eat for your blood because you just never really know what food you really need. You know, is not just eating what everybody else is eating. It's actually eating what's really good for you. Yeah. Well, I think there's a book out there called Eating for Your Blood Type that it addresses is. that. It is. Yes, it does. There's many books out there about, you know, eating for your blood or eating for your bones or eating for just different things and not knowing, you know, plants, 
are everything, you know, herbs. I mean, if you season your meat, you're doing it with a plant, you know, and it's just like everything, everything is affiliated with plants. So um, definitely uh, being out there with him and knowing what, what he was going through really made me want to dive deeper in on how food really affects us mentally, yeah. physically, financially, all of that, you know. So let's start with your farm. Tell me about your farm, what you do there, what it looks like. If I was standing at the entrance, you know, what would I be seeing? First of all, it's absolutely beautiful. If you've ever been to Spaces of Opportunity, it's truly the word, Spaces of Opportunity. I have a little bit over an eighth of an acre. And uh, when you're, if you're walking in, you know, it's just imagine a huge field with different people farming, you know, in different rows. And I just have a huge, you know, space to actually do that. So if you're standing at it, you're going to be, you'll see a pathway that will actually take you all the way to the very back wide pathway. But with mine, you're going to see rows of um, towers. I built towers and basically show people how to, you, you can build you don't need a lot of space to, to farm. People always think that you need a lot of room. You need a lot of area, big area, a big backyard. You really don't. So I, I actually built these towers that are fit to your space that you need to occupy for farming. And, and basically, I make it out of burlap and weed blocker. And the structure can be as little or as big as you want. But I build it, and then I fill it with dirt. And you can literally grow food inside of these structures. So it's like you don't have to bend down. There is it's standing wow. up. Yeah, it's really, really nice. Really, really nice. And you can grow so many different things inside of them. So it's like a garden tower. There's food growing out of the side? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Wow. Yep. And and with physics, you know, they're always going to want to grow up your mm -hmm. plants. Right. Your plants are always going to want to look for the sun. You know, so and, and farming in Arizona, people don't understand it's a different type of farming. You know, it's a really different type of farming because we have this direct sun, this old powerful sun we have. We're so lucky. But uh, you have to make sure that you keep some shade. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of plants prefer to look for sun versus have the direct sun. So you will definitely see those towers on my farm. You'll definitely see rows of just green artichokes. We have everything. So the first plot that I have, and it's probably like five or six rows, and I think each row is probably 100 feet long and four feet wide, the rows are. So I have about five on one for the farm, for the nonprofit. I mean, that's where we pretty much have our classes and we teach and we kind of show people basically what food looks like out of the ground because a lot of people don't know what food looks like growing. Oh, that is the case. You know, and especially when people want to grow certain things like, you know, tomatoes and squash and, you know, all these big items is that they really don't know the space that they occupy. You know, so if you want to get a really good harvest, you definitely want to give it. You don't need a lot. All you need is one seed. So if it's a family you're growing for, don't think that you need a lot of squash to grow. All you need is one. It'll produce a lot. You know, all you need is one tomato plant. It'll produce a lot. So it's like we we have we try to teach people not to be wasteful as well. Mm -hmm. Wow! And uh, spaces for opportunity is an eleven acre farm space for the community. It's like a community farm rather than a community garden, right? It is. It is. I do believe it's nineteen acres, and they have half of it for 
like the major farmers, people who are really, you know, producing. And then they have another portion of it for families. So people who are just trying to get their feet dirty in farming, not really trying to produce a lot for manufacturing, but trying to just feed their families. So they offer that opportunity as well. Nice. And how do people respond when they visit your farm? Oh, my God. They are so excited. Isn't that fun? It is. And, you know, I like to be the little fly on the wall. You know, so when I'm walking up, because people don't really know, you know, who I am, because I'm normally there either early in the morning or either late at night. So it's like people who come you know, they don't really see the the farmer, the behind the scenes, unless they come and I'm there and then like, oh, okay, that's you. I'm like, yeah, that's me, you know. But uh, but it's great walking up and seeing people's reaction. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Or just hearing what other farmers say, you know, about my plots. You know, they're just like, you know, you get a lot of walk traction. You know, a lot of people stop, look at your plots, and, you know, they're really in, enthused. And, you know, and I, and I want it to be something that people can do at home. You know, so I make it to where, you know, I try to hit all the corners where, you know, weeds, you got to make sure you got some weed blocker, you know, Mm -hmm. some mulch, you know, make sure you have some mulch. So mine, I I build it to, for it to be sustainable. So I don't have to go to the farm every day. I do because I like to water and I like to, you know, be in the mix of it. But I have it built where if I just want to come in and just once a week do watering and then maybe once a week do some picking of weeds, it it can totally function on its own, you know, and that's what it's about, being able to function on its own. Wow, nice. And so you've put together a nonprofit around this called Farming Hearts. Tell me about that and what's the purpose of your organization? Farming Hearts, it just is exactly what it says, Farming Heart. You know, you have to have a heart for it because farming is not for everybody. You know, and but it is for everybody. It's not for everybody, you know, getting in dirty, but it's meant for everybody, you know, the nourishment. Yes. So, so our our nonprofit, Farming Hearts Inc., it basically teaches people how to become farmers. We try to let people know we have classes. We want people to know how to become farmers, you know, and 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 it's not like on a field, but just to teach your family. You know, so you can teach the next generation. And like I said, like you said earlier, too, with the farming, fitness and finance, it's it's a balance, you know, moving your body. You have to be able to touch your toes. You know, you want to be able to just if you feel better, most likely you'll be living a healthier life. You know, I mean, if you especially with the finance in finance aspect, because if you think about it, you know, if you're eating better, right, you're not really spending money on food, junk food that you shouldn't be eating anyway. Right. So therefore, you're able to save, you know, just imagine if you were to put away money, like, let's say you were going to go out to eat every time. And then that money that you put away, instead of using that, you go in your backyard and pick your food. And then you, (laughs) you know what I mean? And then you, and then that money that you're going to spend, you save that and say, okay, this is for our cruise. This is for, you know, our vacation. This is for fixing up our house, whatever, you know, but put it away, you know, but I guarantee you, the more you spend on wanting to eat better, you know, you ultimately want to do better with how you, you exercise your, your thoughts. You know, and then it's like, wait a minute, I shouldn't be buying that. I should save my money, you know. So it's a big balance that we just don't really realize that it's a balance, that it's even there. 
Well, you know, we've had an interesting challenge this year with all this COVID stuff going on. And, you know, I didn't eat out a lot, you know, maybe four or five times a week, I'd go out for lunch or something like that, or another Mm -hmm. meal. And, you know, in March, April and May, with the whole COVID thing, we got sequestered at home. And eating became a different game. Yes. You know, there was, first of all, the one of the big things I noticed is that there wasn't this drain on my checking account, number one. The yes, other, congratulations. Thank you. And the other thing <laughs> I noticed was that I had to get a lot more creative with what I was preparing because I got bored. Yes, options. You know, I was a vegan chef and a raw vegan chef for years. And the biggest thing about going healthy is options. You know, not really knowing what to cook, what to put with what, how to, you know, what is this plant? Does this plant even, how do I wrap this? What? Yes. So you're exactly right. And so what, what have you discovered through this uh, interesting COVID time around food? You know, I think this has been a wonderful time, actually. You know, unfortunately, we've had some devastating, you know, things happen to people's family and, and everything, you know, and my heart goes out to people who yes. were affected. I also, on the flip side, you know, this is giving time. Everybody's, it's, it's almost like everybody's getting a wash. Everybody's getting a, a nice, good wash with their mm-hmm. life, with their thoughts, you know, looking at what really matters. You know, people, things are are becoming more clear, you know, what what is really important. And ultimately, it comes down to food, you right. know. It comes down to food, you know. I mean, trust me, farmers are the hot commodity right now, you know. I mean, I inviting people to my farm is way more luxurious luxurious than, you know, saying, let's go out to eat somewhere or I'll pay for, you know what I mean? It's, right. So it's definitely this time has, to me, giving, it's letting life have its break. You know, letting the air, letting the birds fly around, you know, I mean, we we all need this. We all needed this, you know. Um, On a walk recently, one of my neighbors said, Greg, I think this is going to be a cultural reset for us. Yes, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, and that really, you know, that really can feed into what you're doing, putting farming, fitness and finance together. So how does that work in your nonprofit? How do you teach that? So my, I have a, I have a strong team, which I'm super excited about. Uh, and, it, and it's all about having good people and like-minded people around you. But uh, everybody, I, I look at everything as an octopus. You know, my, my organization is an octopus. And everybody has their own tentacles, you know. And every tentacle, you know, has its own brain, has its own path. And, and it's looking for more. It's looking to help. What can we bring back to this big hub, this big head? and to make it better for everybody. And I just absolutely love the fact that everybody around me and this organization is really focused on making their own community strong, you know, because not everybody has the same friends, network, same neighbors, you know, we nobody even shops at the same grocery stores. So that that is an opportunity to touch people that I can't touch, you know, to reach people that, that, you know, we all reaching people in our own different way and we all have the same goal. So with, with that being in mind, I have one of my board members, Siobhan Miller. He is a part of our, he is our fitness organization coordinator. And um, he is all about just 
you know, putting plans, fitness plans together, just eating plans, you know, food meals together. And I actually help with the food prep. So we actually coordinate and different people who, you know, are, are struggling, are like different nurses. Let's say you got professionals that are just unable to have their food ready when they need to, but they want to eat better, but they just don't have the time. Well, we're able to assist with that, you know, get you a better better meal plan, better fitness regimen, even if it's 15 minutes. Sometimes we just need to be told what to do, right. you know. And uh, it makes life so much easier if somebody just say, do this, do that, do that. And then if we actually do it, then, hey, it might work. But uh, I have another young lady. She's over my finance, um, Dorinda. Amazing, amazing. And she she helps people with their credit and just knowing where where the balance is of saving money and, you know, what to do with your extra money and how to, you know, really what to really do, you know. And, and a lot of times we just don't have people out there that's willing to tell us the, the awful truth, you know. Mm-hmm. And finances, you know, food, fitness, and finances, unfortunately, are uncomfortable subjects for be- people to talk about, yep. you know. And if, if you sit down and have a real with somebody, you know, if you'd be like, so how do you eat? They'd be like, what? Well, do you work out? What? Well, do you save money? Oh, my God, you're per- too personal. You know, so we have to be, especially in my culture, in my in, in our neighborhood, you know, we have to be able to talk about things that are uncomfortable with each other. And that's how we make people comfortable, you know. And, I mean, and we live on this diverse playing field that we need to bring it more together, you know. I mean, oh, and, yes. and we're not alone. We are not alone in this. And if you talk to people, most of the time, everybody's going through the same thing. Yes, especially this year. Especially this year, like everybody's on, on ground zero, everybody, you know, and it's just about, and it's about what you do yesterday, you know, because today is going to be yesterday, but it's, it's about what you do, I you like know, so, so tomorrow won't be so bad. Yeah. And who is your target audience? You kind of referenced that a little bit. Who is your target audience? Anybody who wants to change, anybody who wants to hear me, everybody who, you know, Food can change your world, you know, can change your life, can wake you up in the morning and can make you sleep a whole lot better. So anybody who wants to, you know, you know it's never too late to learn how to how to grow your own food. It's never too late to want to save a little money and it's never too late to want to work out or be healthy or at least know what to do. Yeah, amen to that. So I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you learned from it. Oh, failure, failure to me is a state of mind, you know, because, you know, failure, it can be anything. Failure can be anything. It's a state of mind. So you got to look at it as a lesson. I look at failures are lessons, different lessons in my life where, you know, I could have, it didn't play out the way I wanted to. So I could have, I, I, right then and there makes me learn like, okay, well, I can't win it. I can't win it all of it but I can learn from all of it, you know? I mean, and, and that's the thing about life is like you try things to where you know where you're, where you're fitting, you know? You don't, don't be scared to try new things. So for me, I would think would be my, my career when I was a, a flight attendant. I should have, you know, I, sometimes you just got to appreciate things when you have it. And if you don't, you will lose it, you know? And, and to me, that would be like something I, you know, I should have really 
I could have did a little something different, you know, wasn't a bad thing, but it was just like, you learn, you know, I, yeah. and my, my tardiness is something that I'm just, you know, I'm still battling, you know, I'm on that OPT time. So, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling with that. So I'm learning, but that would be definitely something, um, you know, it, it's, it's a lesson, you know, you don't, I, I don't look at failure as failure. I look at it as all lessons because it's school. We're all in school. We're all in school. We're, we're, we're all in school. You know, even when you don't go to school on time, you're still in school. I like that. That's the reason. This is the reason that I asked that question, because I love for people to shift from, oh, my gosh, I failed. I killed something because I tell people all the time. I promise you, I've killed more plants than you ever will. And my, my chicken just died. I came home from work and my chicken just died. Aww. So but I can look at it as that a failure or, you know, God has a plan. Yeah. Maybe I didn't need so many. I got three now. I had four. So there you go. Yeah, and so this this is the reason I asked this question is so people can, my guests can ponder what they learned from it because that's really what failure is about is a learning. And then for our listeners, for them to see that we all have failures and we all oh. come out of them. So thank you for that. Yes, yes, that is that's the main thing. You know, it everything in life is temporary. If you look at that as, you know, don't fester on the moment, you know, just just realize the outcome, you know, just realize there's always going to be something greater than this temporary moment that you might be feeling. Right. Nice. And what do you consider your biggest success? You know, I'm I'm a cliche person. So my biggest success is being able to have my parents. I have both my mother and my father. I have a wonderful relationship with my parents. Oh, nice. And and, and they are they're to me they're my success because they get to see what they did through me. You know, oh, yes. is, you know, so it's like as long as I'm able to share the wonderful things that I feel is important to me with the most important people in my life, that's a success for me, you know, because not everybody has their parents and you have to appreciate the ones that you have, you know, because you know, our lives weren't like their lives. So I really, I'm, I'm grateful for them. Nice. And what drives you? You know, just, the, I, you know, people ask me that all the time. What, what motivates you? What drives you? This is just how I was created. You know, I don't know any other way. I don't know any other way besides, you know, forward, happiness, helping others, you know, the, just treat those around you like you want to be treated. You know, examples, it's like if you have an opportunity to pick the life you dreamed of, then start today. You know, live that life. Wake up every day like you are living that life that you've always dreamed of. And I guarantee you, you will wake up and realize it. Nice. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? Uh, it would be Brian Tracy, No Excuses. Mm. I don't know if you've ever heard. Have you heard of No Excuses? I have not heard of the book. I know Brian Tracy. Uh, no Excuses, The Power of Self-Discipline. Let me tell you, this is a powerful book, powerful book. It has great exercises, great. It, it just opens your brain up to things that you just didn't really need, know that you needed to realize. You know, and, and it just keeps you focused on wanting to better yourself. And there's no excuse. There is zero excuses. Yeah, I've I learned about, oh, my gosh, 30 years ago 
how I could be 100% responsible for mm-hmm. what happens to me in my life. Yes. And that's a big piece of it. Is It really is. You know, no excuses. It's like, you know what? If something's going to happen, it's going to happen because I said so, period, end of story. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you want something to happen, you do it yourself. Yeah, exactly. And what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? Don't be afraid to try new things. And, and don't be afraid to learn with someone else. You know, just you just cannot fear trying new things. You never know what you're going to like. Mm-hmm. That's the fun part. In my time, in my life, I'm almost 60 years old. And in my life, I've had over 30 businesses. Some of them lasted, I say, a sneeze. And I've had a couple that are well, you know, well over 20 years. And the exciting times for me in my life was when I finished one business and it was like, okay, what do I do next? What What can I jump into next? And it sounds to me like you might have that same kind of philosophy. I do. I really do. And, you know, sometimes people say I do the most, but, you know, why not? Why not? You know, why not? If I'm here, I might as well be doing something. I actually look at my life as a belt, you know, and I'm just trying to get as many notches on my belt as possible, you know, and it's like, let me get as many holes in my belt as I can, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that's what life's about. You you want to be able to, like they say, um, what, a master of none or familiar with many or something like that. Yeah. You know, so it's just like you want to be you want to be familiar with things. You don't necessarily need to be the master, but at least know about it. You know, at least don't let it be so foreign to you or, you know, be be willing to learn, be willing to be taught, you know, and be willing to be the teacher. You know, and don't be afraid to to show people what you learn. Because a lot of people are like, ah, you know, not really comfortable. But no, be be very confident in what you say. If you learn something and you believe it, you should be confident in it. Amen to that. And as our uh, mutual friend Darren always loves to say, go out and be epic in the world. Go out and be epic. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Go out and be epic. Exactly. Exactly. I used to... When I'm in school and stuff and I talk to different kids and everything and, and I used to challenge my teachers when they say, you know, well, what do you want to be when you get older? You know, you have kids say, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be this. I want to be that. And my thing was like, not what do you want to be, but what are you going to create for this world? Yes. You know, what are you, what are you, are you, what are you going to bring to this world? Not what are you going to be? What are you going to bring to this world? You know, what, what are you going to do that make it where now they're going to want to be like you? Wow. Gotta love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the show today, Francis. For having me. Thank you. Many blessings. How can our listeners find you, get a hold of you? Farmingheart.com. Uh, you can definitely contact us. In nice. spaces of opportunity, you know, just Google us. Farming Heart. <laughs> Nice, nice. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash farming heart. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. 
One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.